0: In your head, you guys got a, lot of,
2: got a lot of really good players, obviously. But maybe that's oh, thank you. you. I said thank you. you maybe that viewed though, as the superstars, like the 49ers. All right, never mind. But <laughs>
0: so I think guys like
2: St. Brown even-
0: Yep, St. Brown was first team all pro. so... Right,
2: right.
0: Um, so is Panay. Sorry, continue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry,
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm d- sorry That was
3: Jared Goff disputing the idea that the li- the Niners have more superstars than the Lions. All right, let's go toe-to-toe. I mean, he did reference that both St. Brown and Penny Sewell were first-team All-Pro. I was just going to say, if there was a super draft of Lions and Niners, yeah. first pick is...
0: Mm,
3: ooh. That's a good question. Who is the first pick? Is it Aiden Hutchinson? He's up there. Aiden Hutchinson, like... Aiden Hutchinson had the most games this year with eight pressures or more. His pressure stats are nuts. Yeah. If you go defensive player, Aiden Hutchinson's on the list. You wouldn't pick one of the quarterbacks. Let's, let's just, this is a random question. We just found our way to. Let's get Ross Jackson locked on NFL on this. Ross, good morning. It's Jeremy and Joe. Thanks for taking some time. Here's the question There's a super draft of Lions and Niners. Who's the first pick?
1: Ooh, goodness. So I'm picking anybody from either of those teams? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Man, it's such a tough pick between – for me, it's the the uh, like a Bosa or an Aiden Hutchinson yeah. or maybe even a Debo Samuel. I think I'll have to go with an Aiden Hutchinson. I like the age factor yeah. and the disruptiveness factor. Uh, I think I'll go with Aiden.
3: Yeah. Offensive, right. Offensively, who's the pick? Debo, Amonra St. Brown, Sam Laporta. I mean, you know, you never know. You know We're what? big gonna, IU guys, I'm too, working. so –
1: I'm going to throw a little curveball at you guys, and I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs. Okay, because Jameer, cause Jameer <laughs> Gibbs kind of has like a lot of the qualities of Debo Samuel. Maybe doesn't have the the bulk of Debo Samuel, but just electrifying with the ball in his hands. And you can line him up out wide. He was Alabama's best wide receiver that year when he graduated uh, over in Bama. So I'd probably actually. Uh, Buck the trend and go go running back in the first round on that one.
3: Why not? As we preview these games, let's start with the NFC game. Sure, why not? We played that clip of Jared Goff disputing that they don't have you know stars like the Niners do. The, the Lions, you know, Lions are fun. They started drafting weapons and and hitting on picks, and they got a quarterback and an mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. They've kind of put it all together. And how much of a chance do you give them in this game against the, the 49ers, who have been you know th- like the NFC's best team pretty much start to finish of the year?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I, I think San Francisco probably walks away with this one, but I, I do think that they'll walk away limping. Um, I, I think Detroit's going to put up a fight, and I think Detroit has the ability to upset. Like I don't not give them a chance to upset at, at all. I think that they could absolutely get that done. Um, that's a really, really motivated team. They've got a fantastic coach there, and obviously, you know, uh, San Francisco got a fantastic coach in terms of Kyle Shanahan as well. But you're talking about maybe like a scheme coach, coach versus like a people's coach, like a player's coach. You know what I mean? And so, which one of those comes out on top? It's going to be really, really interesting to see how it all pans out. But I definitely give Detroit uh, more than a puncher's chance in this one because I kind of dispute the idea that they don't have uh, stars as well. I mean, we just talked about Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, amon Ross, St. Brown. Like they've got guys over on that offensive side of the football that can make. Uh, some big plays and Jared Goff's been on point. He's been one of the better quarterbacks so far throughout the playoffs here. His ball location has been fantastic. His anticipation has been awesome. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch and it's been fun watching him kind of, you know, finally look like, you know, at least a first round pick in the NFL, let alone the, the number one overall guy. Uh, so I think San Francisco is probably going to, you know, end up being the, the winner when it's all said and done, but I don't think Detroit's going to make it easy for them.
3: Yeah. The, the the thing that would concern me the most, I'll be rooting for the Lions, Ross, is the defense. I mean, they have Hutchinson, but for a lot of the year, they've been real inconsistent. Um, yep. But to be fair, like, we kind of thought the Packer defense was, you know, not so strong either, and they did, they did pretty well in forcing Brock Purdy to make mistakes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and look, sometimes you go up against these heavy scheme-oriented offenses, and then you find the way for your defense to defend that. And and you might not be the better team, but maybe you've got the better scheme that day, and that ends up being the thing that makes all the difference. It's one of the risks of having that highly schemed-up offense. The the thing that I look at with with Detroit's defense, too, is look, it's a top-five matchup when you go – um, you know EPA-wise or you know just a, a measure of efficiency on a per-play basis in the league. If you go EPA play-wise uh, or by-play-wise, you've got a top-five matchup, the um, Detroit Lions offense versus that San Francisco defense. If you flip that around, you've got the number one EPA offense in the NFL and San Francisco, but right? get the number 21 EPA defense in Detroit. So I think that's probably, I agree with you, where the mismatch is. But look, you show up with the right scheme against the scheme-heavy team, and all of a sudden you could potentially be the one that comes out on top.
3: When it comes to these two coaches, you know, Dan Campbell kind of came in and he was uh, a character, right? It's funny, I I saw, might have been Kevin Cole, Unexpected Points, pointing out that anyone that laughed at Campbell's introductory press conference about biting kneecaps, you don't have to apologize. That was a ridiculous press conference. (laughs) But we found out that that's who he is in addition to being a pretty good coach. So you've got kind of like a a young, fresh idea in Dan Campbell. And then on the other side, you've got Kyle Shanahan who – He's got to be the best coach to have not won a Super Bowl right now. He's been close as a coordinator, and he's been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. It feels like eventually he's got to do it. He's too good to not get the job done. However, it is always with limited quarterbacks, right? It always seems to be yep. that he doesn't have the guy back there, and we'll see if he can do it with Mr. Orellant and Brock Purdy.
1: Yeah, it's been so interesting, kind of watching that trajectory, right? He's had the Jimmy Garoppolo's, he's had the Sam Darnolds, he's had these guys, and then you know they they go all in for Trey Lance, and then with the very last selection in the draft, they might have landed the guy they were swinging for that entire time, and, and and we'll see. I mean, the thing about the Kyle Shanahan offense is that you just need a quarterback that can distribute the football and that can operate the scheme. You don't need a world breaker. You don't need a you know a, a Russell Wilson of years ago or anything like that. You don't need that style of quarterback. You just need somebody that can sit back there distribute take a hit every now and then but then get the ball to the playmakers and that's where the the lions defense and their mentality that's led by a guy like dan campbell who also i think one of the other big press conferences that everybody cracked jokes at was him showing up with the racing helmet the white racing helmet during one of the mm-hmm. press conferences and things like that talking about playing fast and playing aggressive and all these other things well that's kind of what they need to do here right like they've got to be able to tackle at the catch point they can't let these receivers pick up the yardage after they catch and everything so all of these things, biting kneecaps, the racing helmets, all of this sort of stuff, and then, you know, obviously the, the hard knock season as well. All these things, him doing up-downs with the team and all that, all of a sudden it looks like it's paying off. It's actually exactly what this Detroit Lions needed in terms of their culture and their relationship between player to coach.
3: It is kind of funny to compare we're here in Buffalo. That sounds like the stuff that Rex Ryan did yeah, a know. lot of. Right, and yes, yeah. winning matters. Yeah, <laughs> right. like,
1: yeah, it's an entirely different conversation if Dan Campbell's out there and they're zero sixteen again, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah,
3: it becomes a it starts being talked about as a distraction rather than yeah, you yeah, know, just the all fun and games that it really is. the The other side, Ross, Ross Jackson, a locked on NFL podcast um, on you know the playoffs coming up this Sunday, Championship Sunday. The Ravens have beat great teams into a pulp a bunch of times this year. Do you expect them to be able to do that against the Chiefs? Where it seems, I mean, we just watched what Mahomes did to the Bills' defense. Um, The Bills were injured, though, and the Ravens' defense might be the best in football.
1: Yeah, this is going to be such a fantastic game. This is either going to be, I think, a closely contested matchup or somehow Baltimore is going to run away with it. But I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket to think that, that, that Baltimore is going to run away with it. You've got Patrick Mahomes on one side of the football. You've got you know Andy Reid calling those plays. I think the biggest question mark for Kansas City is, are the receivers going to catch the football? That, that's going to be the biggest thing. you know. And, and beyond Travis Kelsey. I mean, this is what we saw late in the season as, they, as the Chiefs were trying to jostle for playoff positioning. They were getting open. Patrick Mahomes is distributing incredibly well, doing all the things that he does but then you know these, these passes are just bouncing off the hands of receivers and things like that are we going to see that again or are we going to see a little bit more of a uh, tame uh, a little bit more of a consistent pass catching offense and then how much they lean on that run game how how, how you know healthy is i say at pacheco and ready to go i mean all of these things are are quintessential to their ability to be able to maybe combat this defense but you're talking about a very very good defense a fast and high flying defense with uh, Baltimore, and then now you've got uh, Greg Munkin there calling those plays for, or Todd Munkin, excuse me, they are calling those plays for Lamar Jackson. All of a sudden, the offense is off the ground as well, quite literally. Uh, and so, I think this is going to be a, a big time matchup. I'm really excited. I think Baltimore ends up, uh, you know, advancing to to the Super Bowl. Here we get we get the the Harbaugh seasoning back into the Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a hotly contested one for sure.
3: Last week was constantly being described as a legacy game for Josh Allen. Would you say the same or similar about Lamar Jackson this Sunday?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think to an extent for Patrick Mahomes, too. I mean, it's a legacy game in that, Look, he's been in the NFL. He's been a starting quarterback for six years. They've made it to the AFC Championship all six years. They've won the AFC Championship most of those times. Can he continue uh, his streak there and everything and and put another win there, go to another Super Bowl, all that? So I I think that this kind of adds to Patrick Mahomes' legacy, too, especially in a season where we all kind of looked at the Kansas City Chiefs' offense and went, okay, they're not the Kansas City Chiefs. Of old, they're kind of relying on their defense quite a bit. So can he be the guy that lifts them to another Super Bowl appearance? I think it goes for that, and I think for Lamar Jackson, this is a guy that has had kind of tumultuous—not a tumultuous career. He's been consistently good. Uh, he's an MVP guy. He should be the MVP this year. But then you go back to just a couple of years ago when he, you know, hit the you know, hit the free agency market was testing the open market, and then all these teams came out and said. You know, we're not, we're not pursuing Lamar Jackson, We're not pursuing, which was unprecedented in the NFL. They're releasing statements about how they're not pursuing players. It was just the weirdest thing. And then now here he is, one win away from then taking his team to the Super Bowl. And I think that that's a pretty big statement for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's continuously bet on himself and is one win away from maybe, let's call it two wins away, from really solidifying why he was betting on himself that entire time.
3: Ross Jackson, Locked On NFL. Ross, thanks for the time. Enjoy the games this weekend. Of course, guys. Take care. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you here soon. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Locked on NFL Podcast, Ross Jackson. All right. Something just came across Twitter that I want to get to. Okay. It's good news, bad news. Okay? Okay. In fact, I think it's mean, and I I don't want to read it because it's mean. It's wide receiver train-based. You know me. I'd welcome every single wide receiver possible. Sure. Yeah. Pro Football Focus asks the question, Who should sign Michael Pittman Jr. this year? And then lists his landing spots. This is mean. Like I said, this is mean. Yeah. Number one is the Colts, of course. Number two is the Bills. Number three is the Chiefs. (laughs) And it brings me no joy to tell you they cannot afford Michael Pittman Jr. It would be, Joe, I'd run outside and rip my shirt off. I'd be so happy. Mm Mm-hmm. They cannot afford Michael Pittman Jr. Spotrac put him at $23 million. He is awesome. And the fact that, first off, he's probably going back to the Colts. Do the Chiefs have cap space? Do the Chiefs have cap space to pay Michael Pittman Jr. $23 million? Because if they do, this is the meanest tweet I've ever seen, and I'm already in a fear bunker about the idea that, like, hey, yeah. they're down year. The Bills have to catch up and add some receivers on the receiver train. And, by the way, the Chiefs are right. on the train, on the tracks, right next to you, ready to scoop up everybody else, All right. too. You want to know if uh, what their situation is compared to the Bills? Yeah. Going into 2024, the Kansas City Chiefs do have more cap space than the Bills do. How much? The Chiefs have $74 million more going into free agency I, I gotta, than the Bills do. i got to go walk outside. The Bills I, 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 walk into the hold season. On, hold on. I, I want to wait for the rain to start again, and then I want to go walk outside and just stand in the rain. The Bills have are $51 million below or above the salary cap. The Chiefs are $25 million below the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they can afford Michael Pittman. Because all the stuff that, like I know, like how could the Bills be $51 million above the cap? Well, they're going to do stuff to get to the cap. The Chiefs can do all that same stuff probably to get to the cap. Well, they don't have to get to the cap. They can do all that same stuff to get to $40 million in cap space if they want. They're going to sign a receiver, aren't they? Yeah. They might draft one too. But they're going to sign a bit. There are a lot of free agent receivers. T. Higgins. Yeah. Pittman. Pittman. Mike Evans, that's the one I almost feel like I can just see in my head the most is Evans going to the Chiefs. But by the way, if they yeah they can cut Kelsey and save ten million, or just restructure him. Safety Justin Reed could save them eleven. Marquez Marquez Val, Marquez Valdez Scantling could save them eleven million dollars. They do that. They have tons of room. I bet they do that. Holy cow, they have tons of room. This is. I mean, that's why they made the Tyree Kill trade, right? I'm gonna go. I gotta lay down. <laughs> I gotta lay down. All right, what are we gonna to do to cheer ourselves up? Can we play the train or Something. Let me think about Troy Franklin or some Bills. You know. Oh man, he's not even excited about Troy Franklin anymore. Um, they have all this room. They're gonna go sign like a stud. Their defense is already stacked. And yeah, it's right. already it's already great. Here's yeah. how we're gonna pick ourselves up. We're gonna do instant trivia. Okay, good. Yeah, right. right. instant trivia make you feel better. People are calling in, probably talking about receiver. Maybe. I'm always happy to talk to fellow train attendees. Here's your instant trivia before we get back into the, oh, my God. No, they can't afford Michael Pittman Jr. And the Chiefs are going to get him. (laughs) And it's terrible. Uh, Jared Goff has a chance to become the fifth quarterback in NFL history to go to two Super Bowls with two different teams. Name the other four quarterbacks to lead two franchises to a Super Bowl. And the challenge is... If you get all four, I shake your hand or give you a million dollars. I, I, I think I was told I would get a million dollars in, uh, in bonus bets. Cannot get one of them. Okay, 14 four quarterbacks that led multiple teams to a Super Bowl. There are five there are four. Goff is one. Goff is one. Uh, Goff well, is, oh, he sorry. would be one. He would. Goff has a chance to be the fifth. Who are the four? Okay. All right, one of them is Kurt Warner. Correct. Kurt Warner led both the Rams and the Cardinals. Yes. Another one is Tom Brady. Correct. Patriots and Bucks. Peyton Manning. Correct. Colts and Broncos. This is the one you can't get. All right. There's a name in my head. Uh Uh-oh. I know he did it for one team. It's long ago enough to where it's like, you know, you get guys mixed up in your head. So maybe that's all that's happening here. But I'm going to go with Jim Plunkett. No. All right. I keep my million dollars. Mm-hmm. Josh, you want your million dollars? This is the one you said there was no chance I'd ever get no matter what. Correct. I mean, there's only so many Super Bowl quarterbacks. That's right. I'll even give you the teams. This oh, guy... you give me the teams? Did I watch this guy play? No. Okay. So we're talking like seventies? I'm gonna go ahead and say I'd never heard of him. He started at... You never heard of a Super Bowl quarterback? The... Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard of this guy. He started Super Bowl five with the Cowboys and Super Bowl twelve with the Broncos. Oh no way. <laughs> right. The answer is no chance. Old timer's out there if you remember it. That's great. Craig Morton. It's a name I've heard before, but you're right. I would have sat here for for eternity and never got to Craig Morton. How about Goff a chance to go to two? But two yeah. different teams. And it kind of happened the same way. In, in in a way, not not how they got, not how he got there, of course, but He showed up with the Rams. Do you remember his rookie year, how bad it was with Jeff Fisher? Like It was the worst rookie season. like One of the worst rookie seasons ever. And he went 0-7. Do you remember what he did in his first year with the Lions? They started 0-10. Or 0-9 that year. With Goff? With Goff. Wow. His first year, Dan Campbell. They finished the season 3-10-1. So the team was horrible, just like the first year with the Rams. And then... Second year, good. Third year, oh, Super Bowl. It's kind of the same timeline with the Lions that did with the Rams. Like once, once you got him help, hey, it actually goes pretty well. He's good with play action. He's got a big arm. He's not mobile. But, you know, if you just give him weapons and, and you give him a line, then he's He's fine. And I was the one banging the drum all off season that the Lions would be out of their minds to not go all in for Lamar Jackson. That's right. Which, by the way, it's not <laughs> like they probably wouldn't be here also if they had Lamar Jackson. Right. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. It's kind of a football Friday. Kind of. It's like a sad football Friday. Yeah. That. The the weather it's football Friday, but it's not like Buffalo. Football this is like Friday. Ghostbusters two, where our collective Bills mood. Is uh, reflected in the weather. See, I've seen Ghostbusters. We talked about that yesterday. You haven't seen I don't Ghostbusters too? Ghostbusters 2. Wow. What else? I mean, there's more ghosts, right? What, what, what else do I need? That is. I know, a, I know that. It that's a good guess. Uh man. There's more ghosts that need catching. Well, it's more so that there's. Is it the Michelin Man again? No. Or the Marshmallow guy. What? Which one was, he? was it? It was a Stay Puft Marshmallow. Stay puff Marshmallow. Stay puff marshmallow. No, yeah, it's not right. that. Ghostbusters two is Vigo the Carpathian. What is that exactly? Vigo. it sounds terrifying, Vigo the Carpathian, yeah I mean Ghostbusters is it still Bill Murray, yeah, it's the Ghostbusters well you never know there's like there's remakes it's- all over the place, and there was a new one I where think the first out, right? one is a, is a timeless classic Ghostbusters 2 is very much a yeah that that happened, huh hmm. we did that. we went to see that, I would say oh, yeah. it wasn't good so one of the one of the you know sequels generally are not great, so yeah. I think. Can it still be said? Rotten Tomatoes got a fifty five. There you go. I'm not seeing any images of like the uh of the of what the villain looked like. Of Vigo the Carpathian? Well, if you Google Vigo the Carpathian, I bet you'd see a few. He was a painting. It was a painting. He was a what? It was a painting of like a guy. A painting? Yeah. The villain in the movie was a painting. Uh, yes, he was in a painting. And then, like, obviously, there's a painting of a person <laughs> that was evil, and all, I don't know who knows. Okay, yeah, you haven't sold me enough to like go run home and see uh, Ghostbusters two. I don't think maybe Halloween next year. Although there's no, I got football. I only got two football game uh, days left of the year. I'm gonna have to start watching something. Yeah, Sunday and then Super Bowl Speaking Sunday, of that, and that's it. We started watching True Detective season four. Yeah. Jodie Foster. It's it's a lot more like an X-Files movie or show than it is True Detective so far. But we had one of those moments. It probably happens. happens to everybody out there from time to time. You know, you're streaming the show. You watch episode one. You watch another episode. And you wait for the little icon to come up for next episode. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, oh, no, they're not all out. You have to wait a week. Oh. What? Wow. So you're back into that. What that's do you not, mean? That's not normal anymore. Wait. What? Where's the rest of them? Yeah. Right. No binge watching. That's a horror. Well, now it's appointment television for you. No. What we, when does we, it come out? I'll tell you what I do in that spot. Now what I'll do is wait three months and then go back into it when I can watch three in a row if we Damn, feel like you it. You might lose interest in three months. Yeah. The idea of a wa- break? waiting for a show. Yeah, who, you go. Who does that? I mean... What is this? The news? <laughs> the la- i don't think I've waited for a show though, as I as I say this, since like Game of Thrones, Ted Lasso. Game of Thrones is like one of the last appointment television shows ever. Yeah, I mean for me that was the last one. Ted Lasso, I think I waited till it was all over and I just binge watched it. Um, yeah, Game of Thrones—that's the last appointment television show for me, like weekly. Like, oh, I can't wait till Sunday night to watch blank. No, yeah, like an Amer- yeah. America did it, like all watched it. All right, we'll get a break in eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Bob, join us on the other side. We can review the the Sharks New Jersey. They've got a new jersey. The Sabres play them tomorrow afternoon, four PM. We'll try to not mention again how much more cap space the Chiefs have than the uh, than the Bills. Yeah. A lot of flexibility, a lot of space. All right. You know, it'll be all right. We'll we'll get we'll get through. Jeremy and Joe on WTR.
1: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: He's just never had that offensive-minded head coach to be the person that surged them forward. He was under Brandon Staley, defensive-minded head coach, and he's had a couple different coordinators. But if you take this young talent and you put him with a coach that has that offensive vision of this is the style of football that we're going to play, he's done this without Jim Harbaugh. He's done that without Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has excelled with Josh Johnson, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Andrew Luck. JJ McCarthy, you're asking me, can he get into that conversation of the top 5 in the league? Unequivocally, absolutely yes. Dan Orlovsky on the new partnership between Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert. Jeremy and Joe. A little George Michael on a Friday. Always mm-hmm. into it. Um, got a fun idea coming up here. We just tested it in the break and it it was a massive success. <laughs> I'll explain in a minute. Belichick not getting a job. We've been talking about that a little bit and also, you know, whatever else comes up, whether that's Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator search for the Bills opens up and it, maybe Eric Bieniemy could be a candidate. Feels like he should get interviewed, if nothing else, for the Bills. Mm-hmm. And Belichick not taking the Atlanta job. There's a story from, uh, I've got to hear Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports uh, about this, how power struggle, how Belichick wants a certain power that a lot of teams are not Prepared to give. That's why he probably sits out this cycle when it's all said and done. Bob in Arkansas. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you guys doing,
2: Jeremy, Joe? Appreciate it. Uh, I I guess, well, one day I, I went up to the game. Me and my son went up on Sunday just recovering. He turns 12, and it was his first Bills game. Anyways, awesome time. I was doing great on the recovery until you guys brought up the Chiefs and their cap room. That that sort of took my uh, my, <laughs> my recovery away a
3: bit. <laughs> it was an accident. I didn't expect to find myself there either. I will, by the way, just point out real quick that they do have to pay Ladarius Sneed and Chris Jones. Okay. so They'll still have way more, but there, anyways. There
2: you, there you go. I hope they don't re-sign Chris Jones. That was a debacle last year. I hope it's a debacle again for him. But anyways, you know, your enemies. Uh no, I was calling about Belichick, so I heard you guys talking about it listening on the app, and I guess I, I just – I don't get it. You know, I don't see the allure. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's had success with Tom Brady, but if you just look at him across the board as a coach, you know, maybe he's a defensive coordinator, but he basically ruined that team. You know, when you look at him as a GM and the amount of control that he wanted and then his, his coordinators that he brought in, I mean, having Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator, that should be – Browns for, you know, hey, there's no way we're going to hire this guy and put him, in, and I think you're seeing that some with the coaching hires. I don't think anybody's going to hire him now. I just think they'd be insane to. You know, maybe this is coming from a place of being a Bills fan forever and having so much disdain for the guy, but if you just 10,000 foot view, it's like, I just don't see the allure of him. I don't think you're going to win, you know, unless you've got an elite quarterback. You basically ran that franchise to the ground. So, you gotta tell me if I'm wrong.
3: No, I I, uh, I, I don't think you're wrong, Bob. And this so again, this Charles Robinson piece, what he what he says is that Belichick would have wanted basically what he would have wanted, the Falcons would have had to restructure their entire organization. And he writes A Belichick hire would almost certainly involve a team owner pulling significant decision making power away from the general manager, the team president, and likely a multitude of other individuals. There's a litany of executives who, like McKay with Blank, Likely already have a track record with their owner, would view their diminished roles as a demotion at best. In some cases, it could even necessitate a spate of firings as Belichick lines a surrounding staff with his own trusted hires. So, these franchises, some of them just want to change their coach, and he walks in and says, "Like if you, oh hi yeah, you have to change literally, you have to change everything. You have to if I'm going to be your coach." I'm going to be your GM. I'm going to bring in all my personnel people. Everybody in this office that's interviewing me, you're all going to be gone. I'm going to be above you. You're you're interviewing your replacement. And structures in the NFL, there aren't that many that are going to do that. And here's Arthur Blank who, yeah, we'd love you to be our coach. You want all that other stuff? Like, sorry, not mm-hmm. interested. And for Belichick, that might spell the end. It's that or he's going to have to accept that he needs to diminish – his role. You've asked, could he be a coordinator anywhere? It sure doesn't sound like he would be up for anybody telling him what to do on any level. All right. Which uh, I can understand. He probably, with six Super Bowls, he feels like he's earned the right to not have a boss. Right? Other than who the owner is. At the at the least. He feels like he should be the, I've won six Super Bowls. I'm the boss. What are you talking about? Who? Ter- Terry Fontenot? I'm above him? What are you kidding me? I'm not an equal playing field. I'm Bill Belichick. But that might be a tough pill to swallow if that's not how he's looked at in the league. He's got to find an owner that looks at him that way. And who is it? Because even Robert Kraft didn't look at him that way anymore. I keep wondering about the Maras because he has had a long relationship with them, with the Giants. So... You know, that could be an easy one, where if Dable doesn't make it through another season, then he'll just go do... he'll Maybe he thinks he can get that deal with the Giants, or maybe he thinks if McCarthy gets fired after another year that the Cowboys' job, you know... Maybe for him, there are jobs where he would be willing to settle for something lower if the job is good enough. Atlanta, you even though, like, the roster isn't bad, you don't know who your quarterback is. So it might be different where... You know, if Dallas came calling tomorrow because they have Prescott and because they have talent too, it would be, okay, I I can settle for me and the GM are on an equal playing field there. But for Atlanta, you know, Desmond Ritter right now is number one on that depth chart. There's no assurance that this is going to work, at even on some level. So, Well, this is a guy that wanted to move on from Tom Brady. Right. So, Desmond Ritter, whoever your quarterback is, whether it's Dak... Doesn't it all line up to sound like the only place he'll ever actually have a shot is Dallas? The only place mm-hmm. an owner would say well, they don't even have a GM, right? Other than his, it's the owner, it's the owner and his the owner son's is the GM. Yeah, like it'll be the 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 Jones family, yeah, and then Belichick, and that it sounds like the only place that it could possibly work. Eight oh three oh five fifty, Steve in Texas. Hey Steve. Hey
2: guys.
1: First of all. I got to say, Ghostbusters 2, probably one of my favorite <laughs> of the Ghostbusters franchise. Okay. The Sorrow Mondalvia, The River of Slime. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't have the, you know, the first Ghostbusters was great because it, it was new and exciting, but that one, I mean, it just steady the whole way. You know, it just keeps delivering the and whole it's,
3: time. You know, And it's got a good message you
1: know,
2: at
3: off. the end of it. It's got a good message.
2: It does. You know, everybody's saying, you know,
1: it's oh, right.
3: spoiler alert. Hold on. Joe hasn't seen it. We're working on Joe. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. I, I never, I never. I didn't talk about the crusty, the crusty hand jumping through the top of the little building.
2: Like we're
3: good. All right. Uh-oh. Sounds like we're lo- losing you, Steve. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Kellen yep. Moore, by the way, is another name that's out there for the offensive coordinator job. Interview for the Bills. Yeah. The enemy. Brian Johnson, who got fired from the Eagles, is another one cliff kingsbury pierre in toronto good morning pierre
0: yes good morning gentlemen thanks for always making my morning commute more enjoyable
3: thanks for being Uh, a part of it
0: just wanted uh just wanted as a fellow as a fellow red supporter i just wanted joe's uh Mm. reaction to the news of uh jürgen klopp his announcement that he will be resigning at the end of uh this season and uh before i before i get that uh I just wanted to share with the fans out there that I had the good fortune of being at Anfield in March of 2020 to see Bournemouth Live, wow. and it was nothing short of a religious experience. Joe, I hope you can understand and appreciate that. Wow. Um, I'll uh, I'll just turn it over to you at this point, Joe. Your thoughts? I'm certainly saddened by the news, but I think that Klopp has certainly nothing left to prove uh, over the past uh, eight years since he took over in October 2015.
3: Amen. I want to get to Anfield at some point in my life. He, he, him leaving today is up there for me. It's not Breer leaving. It's not Campbell leaving. It's not Lindy leaving. But it's, it's up there for me. He's a God for Liverpool. Living legend. One thing, you correct me if I'm wrong here. I say this a lot when it comes to. European sports versus our sports. They should build a statue of him in the next month. Yeah. And like they, While he's still managing, before and they, he leaves. It, yeah. It's the kind of thing where here, a guy retires, and it's seven years later. Come on in. We'll put your number on the rafters. There, oh, you're still the coach? Here's the new statue for, for to commemorate a great moment in your career. I mean, Richard Sherman got a statue in Seattle when he was still playing, right? And it got mocked around he here. I'm pretty sure there's a statue of the play he made in the NFC Championship game on Michael Crabtree. Right before that interview with Aaron, Aaron Andrews, they, they put up a statue of Richard Sherman. And people around here are like, wow, a statue just for making a Super Bowl? Did they really do that? I thought they did. Maybe I'm wrong. I but, don't so see. feel like there was a discourse on, a, on, on celebrating Richard Sherman's play. They wanted to build a statue. Okay. And they I got talked out of it? I don't know that they ever did it. Seahawks fans wanted to do it. You know who did do this though. The and this is uh, one that me and my brother have you know talked about a lot. The Eagles built a statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles while they were both still on the team, and while Carson Wentz was going back in mm. to be their starting quarterback. So imagine you're Carson Wentz. You walk into work every day. And you're walking past a statue of your backup quarterback. Good, (laughs) grow up, win a game. Right, I know. You know, that's what I I would handle it. But there's, do you know what the statue is of those two? By the way, they're playing. No, they're not. They're not playing. They're playing backgammon. They're not. I mean, it kind of looks like (laughs) it. It's literally, it's Doug Peterson making the play call for the Philly special to Nick Foles. Awesome. It's just them talking to each other, basically. And that was while they were still there. And then, by the way, they got fired. How about that? Not only did they fire Doug Peterson two years after a Super Bowl, they fired a guy that they just built a statue for a year and a half ago. The Eagles, man, they're they're cutthroat. Well, Pierre, if the you want- Eagles would have fired Sean McDermott by now, by the way. Yeah, probably hundred percent, probably. Pierre, if you want to know how Joe's doing, he's spending commercial breaks watching montages of <sighs> Jurgen Klopp, all the memories. A couple breaks ago, I could hear the crowd through the preview speaker, and I I knew it was just Klopp. That one was was just 90 seconds of Jurgen Klopp fist pumps. That's all that was. Which, by the way, I saw, can I tell you about a funny thing here? So Jurgen Klopp, manager of Liverpool, is going to step away because he's exhausted. It's a good tweet here from (laughs) Steve Walwork. I don't know who he is, but a buddy of mine sent it to me. Klopp says he's running out of energy. Try sitting down and not running around and chasing the officials for 90 minutes. That should conserve (laughs) energy a bit. (laughs) <laughs> that's not. that's not bad. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. 8030550. If you want to get I want I mean, I'm gonna out the the bit here, but if you played You'll Never Walk Alone, you might get tears out of this guy today. Don't do it. It might happen. Don't do it. And you get the whole crowd singing, you might you might get I did actually you know what's funny? I I saw the video of the fans and the team singing You'll Never Walk Alone their song after they beat Barcelona in the Champions League and I just I couldn't even watch it. I could I don't I can't it's two too in the feels. Yeah. I I wouldn't make funny for crying. Every time I watch 0506 Sabers highlights I start to get like choked up I every mean, single time. It's not the Bills or the Sabers. It's a secondary team for me, but that's the first team that ever won a championship that I watched. Yeah. I don't know what that was like. It is helped, by the way that there are a million Liverpool fans in Buffalo. It's nice to go out when you're still appreciated. You know, the only Championship right. of any team that I've watched one was Syracuse basketball winning with Jim Bayheim, and he stayed about 10 years longer when he left. It was like, thank yeah. you, see you later. Again, the weird part here though is he in the middle, who um, imagine this being done in, in anywhere in North American sports, you are in first place in the league halfway through your season, and you announce that hey, I am stepping away. Imagine if Andy Reid in week eight this year, when they Said, were like six and two. In week eight, put a video up on Twitter saying, after the season, I'm, I'm walking yeah, away. When's the last time that happened around here? That, that I don't think that ever does happen. And if you missed it this morning, Adam Schefter has speculated. He said he's just speculating Reed could walk away at the end of this year if they win it. And would Belichick take that job? Eight oh three oh five fifty. No Tops tailgate trivia when we return. It's a, sad, oh, it's a sad, sad day. Man. You can call two two one four WGR and say what you think the answer might have been, if you want. And, you know, Let's all eat some uh, cantaloupe in a memorium. Yeah. All right, eight oh three oh five fifty. Some fun still planned for you uh, as we roll along through this uh, rainy. Sun- it's sump pump Friday. Shout out to sump pumps out there doing doing the job. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. is the, the original, right? I think so, yeah. I know this song well because I knew it. My high school, it was like our high school's song that we'd sing it. You'll Never Walk Alone yeah. was your high school song? I think so. Really? Yeah. This was, was We I- had a song we'd sing sometimes. Hmm. This was um, after Bar- Barcelona like oh, collapsed yeah, yeah, yeah. against I Liverpool. Just, this is Liverpool's I comeback. Can't, I can't even talk about it. Brings a tear to my eye. Yeah. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Happy Football Friday. Yeah, kind of. All good things must come to an end. I guess. Yep. Sabres played tomorrow at 4. Does that cheer you up. (laughs) Well, at least they play the Sharks. And then we get a break from them. So get get a win. Go go in uh, five points back of the playoffs and just don't have me be super, super angry going into the all-star break. Five points back. Edmonton. Edmonton's on a fifteen-game win streak. Imagine if the Sabers today just won fifteen games in a row. <laughs> I mean, they don't have McDavid and Drysdale, but what uh, would just happen? What right now? Did it? What's what's less likely than that right now? We used to play the Sean McDermott getting fired. We used to play the Ted Nolan game. Like, what's more likely? X or Ted Nolan returns for a third stint with the Sabers. A third stint. Third oh, this th- this was after the second yes, stint. Yes, yes. Yeah. At one point, of the game was because that seemed like the most unlikely thing ever, and he did return for a second stint. So, right. What's more unlikely? The Sabers run off fifteen consecutive wins, or McDermott gets fired. Yeah, I think the Sabers winning fifteen in a row is more likely. Sabres win 15 in a row, or Aiden Hutchinson is the Super Bowl MVP? Aiden Hutchinson. More likely? Aiden Hutchinson. I might say that Delvin Cook winning Super Bowl MVP is, is more likely. <laughs> he's, on, he's on the Ravens, so he scores like three touchdowns in that game. Yeah, I went Aiden Hutchinson because defensive players are not allowed to win awards. You could have like five sacks or something crazy. They'd, they'd, they'd still give it to Goff. On Lamar Jackson. By if the way, on the MVP conversation, so Josh Allen's a finalist for the MVP. Mm-hmm. The MVP is Allen... Purdy, Prescott, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Lamar. We had said this a few times coming into the year, and it has never been more true. The MVP goes to the quarterback on the one seed. Right? Yes. Yeah. Allen, yep. Allen had a better season. Allen's probably more important. He did not have a top three defense like Lamar did. He put up much bigger numbers, but he's the two seed, and he had to fight to finish 11-6, and and they cruised to the one. The quarterback on the one seed is going to get an MVP, is the favorite for the MVP almost all the time. And if you go back and see how many times it's happened, it's the one or the two. Also, one thing on a follow-up to our conversation yesterday about Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh has made three NFC Championship games. In Mm -hmm. two of those, he got a first-round buy. And it used to be that... Two seeds got a first-round by
1: McDermott, right. the, until, the, until the Bills started getting The Bills two started seed. getting
3: two seeds yeah. right when the first-round bye went away. Yeah. So, whatever, whatever that's worth to you. What's more likely, the Sabres win 15 in a row, or Jason Statham wins an Oscar? <laughs> uh, Jason at, Statham. In his life. At any point in his life. Yeah, sure. Jason Statham. F- yeah? 15. You, could, you could see him making the transition to... Uh, like a best picture level of a uh, actor. He's like, "You know, I'm going to give up all the action. What's the uh what's the big shark movie that that he that he's been in? The Meg. The Meg. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm done with The Meg. I'm going to do uh I'm going to do, you know, Wes Anderson movies now. Well, if I'm looking at all of the people that won best actor, didn't Brendan Fraser win Best Actor, did win an Oscar recently? Because that would have been one that five years ago I could have used for this. He won it for The Whale. The Whale, yeah, that's right. I, I definitely could have said Brendan Fraser wins an Oscar or the Sabres win 20 in a row. And you might have said Sabres was more likely. He did win Best Actor. I mean, Will Smith won Best Actor. He did? Oh yeah, that was he won Best Actor the night he slapped Chris Rock. Right. And that's a guy that At one point, the idea of him winning Best Actor would not have been a realistic idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was in Independence Day, and you probably don't think he's... (laughs) When he (laughs) punched an alien and said, Welcome to Earth. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let's... let's... That man will win Best Actor Let's go a little more. Uh, Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Sean Penn won Best Actor in 2009. Hmm. If you'd watched... Fast Times of Ridgemont High. You, you've probably never seen that movie, have you? I have not seen the movie. No. Okay. No. I mean, it's old for me to have seen it, but yeah, I've seen it. Who else here is is on this list? Of wow, well, yeah, that guy won a, won a Best Actor. So I have to get more uh, unlikely. How about well, uh, what's more likely? The Sabers win fifteen in a row, or Kevin from The Office wins the Best Picture, uh, wins <laughs> Best Actor one one day. Was McConaughey always thought of as that level a guy? I mean, he was in. There's another. No, because he used to be like a, a cheesy rom com guy, didn't he? Back yeah. back in the day, yeah. he he got into more serious well, Sean, uh, acting. I feel like more recently, Sean Penn's got two best actors, including a uh, True Detective, by the way, which is really when that show broke out. He was awesome in that. Yeah. All right, eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty, getting you through a rainy Friday, and uh, heading off to a weekend with uh, the championship games. Go Lions and Ravens. Go. Niners and Ravens. Josh, what's yours on this? I got to go with Lions. Lions, Ravens. But I want Ravens to win it. The Lions can't win, though, because the Super Bowl logo is red and uh, purple. So. Oh, yeah. The conspiracies? Yeah. I need that to not happen just so I don't have to listen to conspiracy theories for two weeks. <laughs> Fair. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR.